Welcome to the Straight to the Point podcast, where your hosts, Dr. Paul Lawrence and Dr. Tyler Piron, will take a condensed look into some of the pressing, commonly asked questions from within our veteran community. Join Paul and Tyler as they get straight to the point to bring clarity and a better understanding to intriguing topics. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Paul Lawrence and Dr. Tyler Piron. Welcome to Coming Home Well, straight to the point. I'm Tyler Piron, and as always, we have Dr. Paul Lawrence, the former Undersecretary of Benefits at the Veterans Administration and a hero to many folks who deal with the, the veterans' disability and veterans' efforts. Uh, you got to go check him out on LinkedIn. He's awesome. He's always there. He's he's a force to be reckoned with. And, and more importantly, he's there to help veterans. I am here to talk about something that I don't know that much about, which is really cool because it's something that's going to affect almost everybody at some point. The Veterans Affairs Dependency and Indemnity Compensation, the DIC. I could make a number of jokes uh, with the acronym. Uh, a lot of veterans will say, oh, I've been getting that from the VA for years, but that's a whole different thing. Paul, what is the Dependency and Indemnity Compensation? Yeah, way to go to pronounce it. So DIC is a benefit that can pay dependents a monetary benefit depending upon what happens to their veteran during death, okay? So there's lots of complications through this, right? It could be a veteran who passes. It could be an active duty service member, guard, reserve, and the like, okay? So let's let's try to bring it to the veteran to just make it easy, okay? And then the dependent, I mean, there's lots of dependents, but let's talk about sort of the classic family. The husband's the veteran, the male, the spouse is the wife, and there's kids, okay? So those are the dependents. Now, when you dig into DIC, what you'll find is it depends upon sort of like what, you know, how the veteran dies and then who are the family members, okay? So let's ignore that until the end. But basically, why this is an important benefit is the following situation. Assume this family, the veteran, while alive, is service-connected, and he's receiving disability compensation for the injuries he incurred during his service in the military. He could be getting three or $4,000 a month tax-free, and this can be a, subst- a substantial amount of the funds used for the family budget, okay? So the kind of classic question happens, used to come up all the time and still comes up now, the, sp- the wife would say, if my husband dies, do I continue to get his disability compensation check? And the answer is no, it stops. But you can get something else. And one of the something else is called DIC. And that's why it's important to understand. DIC, however, for the most part, is less than the disability. Well, it can be less than the disability compensation payment. So as a result, um, you know, this could be a real problem in the budget. Okay. So that's kind of the context for why this is important. So let's, let's discuss what happens. Okay. To receive DIC, the veteran's death has to be related to his service-connected disability. Okay. So, you know, there's- That service makes it kind of hard because there's a lot of things you can die from that have nothing to do with your disabilities, but how do they determine that? Well, with the cause of death, right? So they'll go back and link it to you. When you apply for DIC, they'll go back and link it to the death certificate. Now, this is important for a couple of reasons, okay? You raise a good point. One is 
you know, a lot of veterans will talk to me and say, well, I'm already hundred percent, but there's still a lot of things wrong. Well, you got to get those things sort of on the record for exactly this point, right? Okay. The other thing though, is it, the rules, again, these rules are complicated. They're not unsympathetic. If you've been totally disabled for 10 years, DIC can kick in. Okay. So there's a whole bunch of rules that we're not going to go over that try to make it, that try to make it accommodating. All right. A little, now, again, a little less unfair. Yeah. A little less unfair. And this is, and, but what's different about this than say a pension benefit for the surviving wife in this situation is this is not means tested. Okay. And it can last forever. Okay. If whatever. All right. So it depends upon the status of the death. So there's a lot of things and you just pulled out one. And it also depends upon the status of the family members. Okay. Um, you know, are you really the wife? You know, are you sort of the wife? You're not really married, but you're acting like the wife and they do define this. So it's not heartless. And it can even be, you have remarried. Okay. And so for the children, you know, are you, you know, a child, right? Are you a child of this veteran who passed, you know, um, are you, are you in school so it can last longer? and the like. So there's a lot of kind of things you got to figure out, but that's basically the construct. So basically the veteran passes, you apply for this benefit, very much the standard sort of process. They do the sort of things you were talking about. They connect and, and kind of make sure, you know, you are and you're eligible and then you receive a tax-free payment. So it really can, you know, deal with what happens after death. But there are a lot of situations related to the death, you know, the status of the death, and then the relationship to the family. There's even potential benefits for parents, but let's not discuss that because I want to make this simple because it can easily, there's so many ifs and buts, it gets very complicated. But this is the answer to the question of, well, I won't get my husband's disability compensation check when he passes. Is there something else for me? This is, this is, the an this is one of the answers. So how long after the service member or the person that the VA has been giving disability do you have after they pass do you have to apply cuz I would imagine that most people that are you know married even with a disabled veteran even at 100% wouldn't know to ask the VA for the DIC compensation. Well that actually tees up my next point which is sort of what's the takeaway from all this okay one of the things I've learned um, back in the day when I was in office, because you'd often deal with, again, often wives who would call up and say, I'm dealing with this trauma of the loss. I didn't realize my husband was getting, you know, how this was all working. And now I have to go fill out, like, you know, what's going to happen? I have to fill out this paperwork. So I concluded after listening to a number of these concerns, which is, you know, veterans, please tell your spouses about your disability compensation. So they do not learn about it when you pass, Right tell them about the range of benefits, tell them about DIC and explain to them how you might go about getting it. So for example, perhaps the veteran in this fictitious example we're talking about uses the American Legion and has a service officer there. He could introduce the wife to the service officer so when the time comes, the service officer could help her with the DIC, right? So yeah, so one of the best practices is explain your disability situation and what it means to your spouse so they do not find out about it when they're grieving, because of course, not only are they grieving, but then they have to deal with this onerous process. And if they're like a lot of people, they don't have a lot of savings, so they need the money right away. All right. So that's, that's a really big thing. The other thing, of course, is 
if DIC will not cover the money you use in your budget, okay? So let's just kind of make up an example. So this service, the veteran was service-connected getting $4,000 every month. DIC will pay $2,000. You're short $2,000. You know, if that's the possibility, then veterans need to figure out how to, you know, have what we call income replacement, right? That gets into the whole conversation of buying insurance. So when you pass, yes, you'll get DIC, but you'll also get supplemental income from insurance, right? And so you can see in the examples I gave you, wife calls up under duress, what's going on? You know, yeah, you're not going to get the disability compensation check. You know, everyone hustles to get them DIC, but it's not covering what they need to, to cover. And they should have thought about a long time ago and gotten insurance. So this is the DIC is a a range of payments and and there's a lot of math. There's a lot of uh, dependency and how many kids and if you're married and the it gets really complicated really fast. But it can be thousands of dollars potentially uh, to make up for the for the loss of the veteran. Yeah, it's I I, maybe I mischaracterize why I say it, it, it will come up short. It can be thousands of dollars, and you're exactly right. It's sort of there's a lot of it depends, right? Depends upon you know how long you've been married, how many kids you have, you know, do you need additional support like aid and attendance? Do you need things like that, right? And there's even a transitional payment that starts for the first couple of years where they gross it up a little bit to help you through the process, right? So yeah, but it is complicated, right? It is not just the situations we're describing the veterans, the family, active duty members when they die, guard, reserve, when they're injured and die on training and the like, right? If you've been remarried, it's just all these things get complicated, but basically it is in fact there for dependents. That's the key part of the, that's the, the key part is like dependency indemnity compensation, right? So the idea is that the the family members of the veteran get something to help them even though they recognize, yeah, normally it's veterans that get disability. That's what it's for, to compensate for earnings loss. But when they pass away uh, due to a service-connected injury or, or disease, something service-connected, you're not like out in the wind all by yourself. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. So, it, it, you know, it's if you, think it, if you take a step back, that's exactly what it's supposed to be, right? Service member passes. It's the is passing related to the service connection. Dependents are supported. So what are some of the things somebody should think about uh, if they're veteran or if you're the veteran to tell their family to, uh, you mentioned going to the VSO, letting them know that, hey, I get disability. If I pass related to something that I'm disabled for, I mean, most people die of heart attacks and things like that. Uh, but generally it could be cancer. It could be a number of things. How should they explain it? Yeah, I would probably say I receive disability compensation for these conditions. Okay, here's my files that explain it, which you will be need you would be needed if you ever kind of go forward. When I pass, you would still be eligible for certain benefits from the VA. This is what they are. VA has lots of brochures that describe all the different benefits. Okay, you know here's what these forms look like. Here's how I apply for benefits. I use a service officer. I can introduce you to them, or you know, if I not like you know neighborhood friends in the example I gave, you would get it by calling your state or all the other different reasons we've talked about in other in other episodes. 
and just really explain it to them. Because again, I'd ask them to think through, like, you know, we've talked about this. No one likes to think about end of life planning. It's just the way it is. However, you can certainly imagine that you'd rather, most people would rather not have their spouse be under tremendous stress during this difficult period of time. So I would try to explain and, and show them, here's how this all kind of works and rest comfortable that, you know, my service actually does have some very, very good benefits, right? That America does understand that, you know, I got injured during service, I received disability compensation, and there are additional support for you and the family. That is a very important thing to take away. It's not that complicated if you plan ahead, just like with most end-of-life things. If you take the effort and and plan ahead and have what I uh, uh, somewhat morbidly call a death book of you know passwords and account numbers and things that I handle uh, so that I can my wife knows exactly where it is and be able to just go and handle things that I normally handle. Uh, it's something you learn as you get older and dealing with older parents and things like that. Uh, Cause it's always a surprise when it happens. Uh, it's even doubly hard. If you don't know that accounts exist or options are there, you don't know for, you don't even know, and you're dealing with all these other things. So get insurance. That's another important thing, but Make sure that your family members know about these type of benefits. And even if you may not be eligible, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. And then explain it because, again, the question always is, you know, when my husband passes, does, do I still get his disability compensation check? And the answer to that is no. Right. So we need people to hear that and go, oh, but there are other things I need to investigate. So that's probably the headline. It's kind of a no with an asterisk. And see yeah. below, you are probably enable, uh, you know, uh, eligible for some DIC rate to help you through that interim period or forever, just depending. There's all these caveats and rules, of course, but mm -hmm. it's not just out in the dark all by yourself. Good luck. Thanks. Bye. What would be the number one thing that you would tell the family members as they're going to apply for DIC? Um, you'll have to. You'll have to have you'll have to demonstrate, be able to demonstrate you are in fact family members. So it, it is kind of onerous in that sense, right? You know, probably have to have, you know, a marriage certificate and birth certificates and things like that. So there's, there is a little bit of, unfortunately, you have to prove it, but you can have these things, you know, assembled in advance, right? So that's, that's it, right? And so that, again, be, be, be prepared for some paperwork. That's just a simple fact of the matter. We've been talking with Dr. Paul Lawrence, former Undersecretary for Benefits at the Veterans Affairs, and we've been talking about the VA's dependency and indemnity compensation. That's what we've been talking about. Folks, go check it out. It's out there. It's to help your family. After you pass, if you are the veteran family members, make sure you go check it out. It's a good thing. It leaves you with a little something. It may not be the same as the disability you've been getting uh, or your veteran has been getting but it's a whole lot better than nothing. Dr. Lawrence, thank you so much for joining us on Coming Home Well. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for joining us on Straight to the Point with Dr. Paul Lawrence and Dr. Tyler Piron. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. Want to keep up with Dr. Lawrence? Connect with him on LinkedIn. You can also follow us on Instagram at comminghomewell underscore BTS. BTS.
or on Twitter at Coming Home Well. Thanks again. And until all are home and all are well, this is Coming Home Well.